Hey there, RPG fans. It's me, Greg, with the news to uh, get you into this latest episode of Random Encounter. So let's dive right into the features department. So first of all, we have a copy of Prescription for Sleep Stardew Valley that just dropped not too long ago, and we were fortunate enough to also be able to do a review with the key team players behind uh, the production of this album. So you can go read about our questions with Eric Barone, Gentle Love, and Jason Napolitano of Scarlet Moon, who uh, all came together to make this beautiful album work so well. Get them while they last! The PlayStation Store RPGs for PS1, PS2, PS3, PSP, and PS Vita. When we thought that PlayStation, or rather Sony, was going to can all of their support for the uh, old games on the network, and then they retconned that, we had already planned this big elaborate feature of all of the best RPGs you could find in the PlayStation Store. I am glad that they did not like originally planned, but that uh, doesn't mean they're any less worthy to talk about, so go check out this feature for some gems you may or may not know exist still on the PlayStation Store for you. We have another exciting entry into our RPG Fan Chapters section. We were fortunate enough to get a preview copy of A Guide to Japanese Role-Playing Games, which looks gorgeous. This almost tome of JRPGs of yore is beautifully laid out. Hilary Andreff took a really nice deep dive look into it for us. And uh, check out that amazing cover-up by Steph Sabidlo, our resident social media maven. So please give this feature a look and go pre-order the book. In case you missed it, we brought the Highland Highlights celebrating the Legend of Zelda feature over from the old site, so now you can peruse this amazing celebration of all things Legend of Zelda that we put out back, uh, I think it was the 20th or the 25th anniversary milestone, I can't remember at the moment, but it is an awesome feature that collects all of our favorite moments and enemies and items and everything that we wanted to talk about from the Legend of Zelda series. Another fun feature in side quests is a little TV review that Alana Hags did for us of Castlevania's final fourth season and uh, if you are following it it's, it's great it's cool it's awesome uh, as as our um, crowdfunding chronicles writer Tina Ola says it's for adults and it very much is but uh, go check it out if you haven't definitely watch out for spoilers if you aren't caught up on the latest season but I think Alana kind of steered away from most of it just trying to give you a good sense of what to expect going into this final season so go check that out and what's this? Yet more features. It's a very feature-heavy week. Not a lot of reviews, but all kinds of features. We have a one-player mission by Pete Leavitt as he continues his addiction, or sorry, rather deep dive, into Genshin Impact. With this feature, Genshin Impact, Zongli's Lament and the Troubling Militarism of the God of Contracts. I'll leave it to you to read yourself, but uh, trust that Pete gives it his usual attention to detail and finds some wonderful, deeper meanings in uh, the game's ethos and societal construct that most gamers maybe don't consider, and uh, he is still pleasantly surprised by how much Genshin Impact has to offer for a free-to-play game. And our final feature comes in the one-player missions from Giancarlo Vazquez as he looks at Mega Man Battle Network and the technophobia in the digital age. Through this feature, he explores just the dangers of technology and how Mega Man Battle Network approaches it with a cautionary tale side. And that is it for the litany of features. You have some really great deep reading to do, but we do have a couple of reviews and some music reviews as well. Izzy Parsons got their hands on Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster, and it is a beautiful return to form for this entry in the series. They scored it amazingly, got RPG Fan Editor's Choice, this is definitely the definitive way to play it. We also have a video review of it if you prefer to consume your reviews with your eyes and ears. On the more lackluster side of things, Bob Richardson took a look at Mind Scanners, which conceptually and aesthetically looks rad, 
but the execution uh, left a lot to be desired in terms of kind of the story and the gameplay points. So go check out the review and see if this graphic adventure is for you. Biomutant finally has dropped this awesome looking action RPG that we've all been awaiting for so very long. Uh, you got fighting furries in the post-apocalyptic future, and Audrey Bowling dove right in. Yeah, she dug it. It's a cool looking game, great exploration, a great living world, and a really fun concept. So go check out the review of this game and see if this awesome epic open world was worth waiting for. And another game that seems to have been worth waiting for 20 years of waiting, in fact, new Pokemon Snap is out, and Nikki Furkuri, who is on this episode with us to talk about it, loved it. RPG fan editor's choice, score is high, it is beautiful, I've played it, it's a wonderful delight of a game, uh, and because, you know, Pokemon's an RPG, it's an RPG adjacent and falls in our coverage, so go give the review a read, see if it's for you, see if it's for your kids, it is just a wonderful glow up of this amazing game that we've all been waiting so long for if you've been a fan of the Pokemon series and Snap. And then there are the music reviews, which I promised you we have Prescription for Sleep, Stardew Valley, that Mike Salbato reviewed for us and was able to stay awake long enough to put the review together. It is beautiful and lovely as most everything that Scarlet Moon Records puts out. And if you want to hear about the finer points, or rather read about the finer points, please go check out his music review. And finally, there's my review, Greg Delmage, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening original soundtrack that I've been sitting on for far too long because it is a bit of a daunting soundtrack to take on, but it is a beautiful listen. It's been reinvigorated to go along with this title if you didn't already know or have heard it or have played it. Go check out my review and uh, pick up the soundtrack if you are a fan of all things Legend of Zelda. And that is it for everything we have to offer at the site. Please enjoy the next episode of Random Encounter. listeners what's up we're back it's another episode of random encounter we're on episode 215 and i am your host greg delmage joined by a lovely group of folks first and foremost my co-host john o'logan here hello greg how are you doing this lovely summer day uh great spring day but feels like summer it's it's pretty balmy here yeah we got a high of 19 degrees today so it's quite toasty 19 it was 32 here today that's sounds very ontario it's very ontario the temperature <laughs> the temperature is rising in more ways than one I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. I mean, I appreciate that we have the sea breezes here, but I definitely acclimatized to the Vancouver levels now of, I get cold at like one degrees and I get too hot at 14. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's a real problem, but not really. At any rate, uh, enough about the weather. Cause we have some other panelists to include. We have Alana Heggs. Hi, everyone. I seem to be making a pretty regular appearance here nowadays. I appreciate it. You're always lovely to have, and we don't uh, especially get enough female voices on this show, because there's one thing that gamers need more of is white male opinions. So <laughs> let's try and mix it up a bit. Eh? <laughs> I do my best, yeah. And then uh, new to Random Encounter, but not new to podcasts, we have Nikki Fakuri. Hello. Hi, Nikki. How's everyone? Ah, uh, swell. Oh, good. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're, we're glad to have uh, a newcomer to the podcast, at least 
for us. Uh, what were you on for Retro Encounter? What did you talk about? Numerous things. I've uh, spoken about Hades. I've spoken about Pocket Monsters, the series, and other things that I can't remember. <laughs> I have the finals uh, affliction right now. Oh, so you're in knee deep of... Uh... Your head's full of important real-life things. Yeah, real life with quotation marks. <laughs> it's okay. I tend to block out most of my interactions with Solosi too, after I have them. It's fine. <laughs> oh, no. no. That's not what we meant. <laughs> oh, no. Rude. He's going to boycott us now, man. No, we love Solosi. And uh, that's cool, though. I, I, I thought you were just on the one, but yeah, okay, you've been you've been around retro. Now I just feel slighted. You haven't been to here to see us? My gosh. She is now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I kid. It's okay. I'm just razzing you because that's what we do when we love each other. At any rate, um, one of the things we do have Nikki on here for uh, is going to be uh, Pokemon specific. And we thought it's been a while since we've had our special Pokemon correspondent on the episode. So uh, Gwen is joining us. Hello, once again. everybody. Hey, Gwen. Hey, Gwen. <laughs> to talk with us about Pokemon things, which we will get to momentarily. But as far as uh, things that everyone's uh, been playing, a lot of it is uh, we were just reminiscing, no, lamenting, that we don't have a, a lot of time for games these days. I'm still just knee-deep in retroactivity of just Breath of Fire because, I mean, from what everyone has been telling me, apparently I hate myself. <laughs> but I don't know, I haven't found it that bad, but it is definitely very slow. And I got to a dream sequence that was awful. That's probably the worst part of the game so far because it was just very repetitive and dumb. A dream sequence? Exactly. A dream sequence in the game where you go into somebody's dreams to save them. And it was uh, just poorly, poorly designed. But it did have a cool boss concept that the boss operated outside of like traditional means where it was like a big jumble of just pixels. And the more you hit it with physical attacks, it got clearer mm. and clearer and clearer until it was at its clearest. And then you could hit it with a magic attack and then it would revert to pixels. So you had to keep like hitting with physicals. And then figure out a, a rhythm with your four party members to basically get it to where you could hit it with magic. Because after that, if you tried hitting it with magic, it would do next to no damage. Whereas when it was vulnerable to magic, physical attacks didn't do any damage. So you had to like, it was a cool ebb and flow. So I thought that was kind of clever for its time, especially. I feel like Breath of Fire 1 was more of a, I mean, it wasn't designed as a proof of concept. But considering where they took the series, it took, it really laid the foundation that... I mean, I really like Breath of Fire 2, and I haven't played many of the uh, PlayStation ones, but it, it took that and it kind of ran with it, but yeah. Yeah, it's very much its own thing, because you can definitely see, um, like, Annette was razzing me while we were, while I was playing it one day, and just kind of being like, so it's Final Fantasy. I'm like, no, it's not Final Fantasy, but it is produced by Squaresoft, and, uh, but it's Capcom, yeah, yeah, so it's Breath of Fire Final Fantasy. I'm like, <laughs> it kind of, but it is, and you see in a lot of ways what it is, that it obviously was inspired, but they did a lot of their own things with having the different lead party members can do things, the very diverse uh, anthropomorphic cast, mm -hmm. and um, the the way the battles kind of flow and are set up is a little more Dragon Quest-y. And yeah, there's a lot of strategy in it. The fact that you can swap your party in and out like you could in like FF10 and stuff like that, which was not really anything dead at that point. Yeah, that's one of the things I associate with Breath of Fire is like, especially because four, three and four are the only two I've played and it's really prominent there. You can just like go into the back line, swap someone in immediately and then you can just carry on with your turn. I feel like I didn't do that enough. Yeah, it's really good. It's more commonplace nowadays for definite, but yeah. Mm -hmm. It's nice to have that flexibility. If you're looking for a good retro RPG, Alana, uh, you could do worse than Breath of Fire 2. It's a solid game. Yeah, I really would like to play the older ones actually because I'm a big fan of three and four and I do want to give five a shot. Well, I mean, unless you hate yourself, I would avoid one because woof. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I like Earthbound Beginnings, so maybe I'm not the right person to... <laughs> oh, maybe, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe you and I are two peas in a pod with being okay with it. Yeah, probably. Speaking of Earthbound, I really want to play it because I've never played it before. And there's a lot of people I know who are just like, oh my gosh, it's a masterpiece. It is. It's very good. You're speaking to one of them on this podcast. She wrote a fair bit about one, actually. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a really cool game it is it's really different and interesting in its way and uh yeah you it's not like it's age inappropriate for you just some of the concepts might be hard to catch on to unlike other rpgs where you kind of have to be like quick on your feet especially when your hp's ticking down <laughs> yeah it's a cool system oh yeah like when you're on your last pokemon in a pokemon game and like pokemon black and white and the low hp music starts playing and you're like ah! <laughs> not even quite like that yeah. like it it when you get hit hard enough it's, it's it's strange. It just starts dialing down and you, you have a, it doesn't immediately just go to zero. So it kind of urges you to try and fix it fast before you know it's going to hit zero. Or like when it's a Sinnoh game and you just see the Pokemon health bar just going slowly down. Just like, it's a crit? Did I one hit KO it? What happened? Like, also, I have a Purloin, which I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's a descendant of the Helix because it's. <laughs> Because they like dodge all of attacks and like one hit KO this really strong Pokemon with a Fury Swipe. I love Purloin. It's so cute. It is. And I really like its evolution, Lipard. Yes. Lipard's pretty slick. Although, as everyone said, I severely disliked making it stand on two legs. Oh, yeah, and the Galar gangs. And uh, yeah, Purloin walks around on two legs. I'm like, why? I, I choose <laughs> to ignore it. I do not see it. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but yeah, we are here to talk about uh, some Pokemon games. We have uh, Pokemon Snap came out a bit ago. Basically what uh, you've been covering for us, Nikki, lately. I'm not sure if that will be the pull quote, but you've been mostly saying it uh, to anyone who will listen. It's the best game ever. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I could say that it's probably the best game to ever exist. And I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best game. Wow. Have you ever tried to take a picture of something and then you started crying and that made it very difficult to see? Because that's the game. <laughs> that's the whole game. Very, uh, you know, it's like, wow, that's like, you know, 4D, like, involvement. Whoa, you know, because you can't see the game through your tears. <laughs> very cool. Very cool feature. Wow. Amazing. I finally gotten into it a bit myself, uh, and I'm only just before where you kind of go to the first like Illumina area. So mm -hmm. I've done done some day and night in the park, and it's really nice. And I've just kind of leveled myself up a bit, and I love seeing how much it has grown from what it was on the Nintendo 64. I'm just used to playing mm -hmm. it on the Wii on the Virtual Console. Yeah. Uh, and it's like you know we had 150 Pokemon back then, 151 because they did have Mew in it. Mm -hmm. And it was super fun just to go around and see these Pokemon. There were little changes every once in a while, but it's it was a smallish world. And once you did the courses enough, you could see the patterns and know exactly where and when something would go down. Whereas this one, it just seems like there's so many variants. Breaking it up with how you have the levels makes it have so much more variety that you're like, I never know what's coming at me. Right. Uh, it's much more exciting. And there's so many more Pokemon now. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not done at 200 Pokemon log. Oh, wow. It's absolutely wild. There's 214, apparently. Wow. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. You're almost Which there. Which is like a drop in the bucket, but... I mean, that's still huge. It is, especially... 
from what what's, we were at. Yeah. Also, please do not spoil anything. <laughs> no, of course not. Oh yeah, I'm gonna try to keep it as like spoiler free as possible because honestly, like going through it and finding the Pokemon and like seeing the choices that were made as I went along is part of what made the whole experience so jaw-droppingly amazing. I mostly just feel like well, I want to be like a specific, just like a Bidoof photographer. I just love how <laughs> oh, do yeah. you look on camera. Um, where are you at, Gwen, in the game? Um, right now I am... Oh, I don't want to spoil the environment. Well, no, it's it's fine. I mean, well, the game's been out for a while. Listeners know what's coming on. It's more just so that way Nikki has context about what Nikki can talk to with you. Right now, Matt, like, I just finished doing, like, the Illumina Pokemon in the Misty Forest. Cool. Oh my gosh. Wonderful. That's a wonderful one. Yeah. I want to take really pretty. Is the Misty Forest, is it look similar at all to like the Misty Foggy Forest that's in the beginning of um, Sword and Shield? Well, yeah, it actually kind of does. Yeah. Also, it's a cool environment. Like when I just went out of like the, the bamboo area, I saw this worried deer leg and I was like, no! Oh. No, deer leg! <laughs> The poor thing. The deerling in that area are so good. Like that whole, that's, I think the Misty Forest is my favorite in the whole game. Especially once you get the research levels up. There's so much that happens and the way the Pokemon interact with each other is just so wonderful. It just makes me so happy. Yeah, I love that there's a lot of those interactions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, I just got to the point just in like the night one where you get to the level where, um... Uh, score bunnies right at the top and then he's showing off to pichu and some badoof yeah <laughs> i just thought that was just adorable you know gwen's telling me that floor floor disc will wave at you at some point you you're like hi yeah. when you're at level three. Oh my gosh i cried when i saw floor she's so happy i'm i'm just so happy <laughs> like nobody cares about floor except me but now here she is and she's so wonderful and she does so much cool stuff it's so great yeah like actually before Pokemon Stab, I was a pretty big Florges fan. I thought it was really pretty. But when I saw it in Pokemon Snap, I was like, you know what? This is one of my new favorite Pokemon. It's competing with Eevee and Sandslash. Yeah, it's so good. Like, all these Pokemon, right? It's not just old Pokemon. It's like so many Pokemon from so many different games, and they all get their chance to do these really cool things that you normally don't get to see them do. Yeah, like it's, if I can liken it to something that's very much out of the, the realm of this game, but similar in the terms of creating a world that feels lived in, with Monster Hunter World, that was one of the coolest things, was sneaking around and just seeing monsters living just watching them do their mm -hmm. thing as endemic yeah. life that they, these things live in this world which is we talked about with Solosi on the last episode that's one of the big differences between rise and world is world feels very much a living environment and they've done a good job from what i've seen even so far that this feels like an environment where these creatures are just living and doing their thing and there's some routines and patterns obviously with each level that the, the, it behooves you to do the research and then watch those patterns change and alter and yeah see how they do different things that you normally wouldn't see them do and i love that it rewards you for trying to capture them in different poses and modes and stuff like that now as opposed to mm -hmm. in the original where it was just simply like you know you got more points for a cool pose or something but now it actually is you no know, you want to research the way they live and how they react like it gives it more of a, a incentive yeah that's true with the four different stars it is really great like they definitely thought of everything to make it worth your while to keep playing it even after you get everything. Mm -hmm. 
and the online component as well to want to share and stuff. And I love, I just explored it for the first time yesterday as well, that they block out spoiler photos for you. Yeah. It's a nice feature. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, so Gwen, what has been like your like favorite photo moment so far? That's like not like super story spoilery, something that's just more like people could just experience. My favorite one is the Charmanders dancing in the volcano. Like eventually <laughs> you get this melody thing and then the volcano oh, Charmanders go like, yeah, and dance to the little melody. And I think that's <laughs> adorable. I love it. That's very similar to one of my favorite moments in the original one where you could yeah. throw all like the, the, fu- the, the apples and just get them all gathering together and they would all start calling at you in the original one yeah uh what about you nikki what have you what's been your favorite like spoiler free moment um spoiler free um i'm still gonna say it i guess kind of vaguely that's fair let people discover it yeah but in uh i have one in particular that's pretty story heavy which i'm not gonna talk about but everyone's gonna see it at some point and they're all gonna cry i'm sure of it (laughs) but there's another one in the foggy forest when you get the branching path there's a big old big old thing where uh certain pokemon get adopted by another pokemon and i cried and i cried and i also screamed those three <laughs> things happen it was so cute and it's just the most wholesome thing like every every time i like boot up this game it's like it's challenging the game is challenging itself to become more and more wholesome and have these like blessed scenes <laughs> and it's just so amazing it's just great yeah that first nighttime even just seeing like pichu and grookey just napping you're just like oh. yes buffalon's napping you're like oh. and then score bunny's like i'm just gonna hit your ride and nap like yeah it's so precious i'm always scared to do the fluff route because i'm always scared i'll hit a pokemon it's like ah i know glad it stops yeah also like in the desert like there's this time at nighttime when the midnight lichen rocks are like being mean to a sand shrew and like chasing it when that happened it was like okay i'm not scared to hit your fluff roots anymore and i just sent like one million fr- fluff roots at that said lichen rock so this sand shrew could get away but the event still happened oh my gosh i Trying to feed Lycanroc, the night one, is hilarious. Have you have you fed it? Yeah. It's so funny. It's just like, huh? Apple? Yeet. <laughs> when the dog feeds you, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, uh, yeah, I've, again, I'm like very early on, but I did enjoy like just, yeah, the sheer like joy and the surprise of when like some stuff happens or like when like you're just walking down, oh, there's a pincer and it's just staring at you. Yeah. I took a photo of it and just look the way the lighting hit it. It looked very Blair Witch Project, <laughs> um, which was very creepy as it was like very angrily staring at me. But I even like, uh, again, not to spoil it, even though it's like so early in the game and everyone will discover it. I was just like taking photos and I didn't clue in that like, yeah, like every once in a while there's a change in the path and that happened. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm I'm in and amongst things now. Like, this is so exciting because yeah. before you wouldn't get those branching paths. The branching paths were alternate exits to explore new routes. Mm-hmm. So it's super cool that they're trying to like give you different angles now in this one because there's so many times you're like, I just want to be closer. Or I want to be down there. And that's super cool that they let you do that. And it's great that all of the branching paths are like good. It's not like you want to just do the branching path. There's always a value to doing the regular path and the branching path. So you have even more reason to keep playing and doing it again 
even if you've already seen the branching path. There's no reason not to do both. Do they let you control it? I haven't noticed that. Like if there's a way that you can keep your rails on the regular path or choose if you want to swap down to the lower one or is it just completely based on the level and the level, uh, like what level you're at when you go into the stage. Uh, and it swaps like you, when you scan it, it goes like exclamation mark as always and you scan it. And then it's an option. Like if you decide to scan the little arrow thing, you go in that branch path. But oh. if you just like ignore it, you just go into the normal path. Oh, gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I, I hadn't clued into that, which I do like that scanning thing, how it's uh, implemented. It reminds me of some of my favorite parts of Metroid prime, just scanning everything. Those who know know. It's, yeah, it's, it's super magical, this whole game, and I'm, I'm glad that you were so enamored and in love with it, uh, <laughs> Nikki, and Gwen. Like, Gwen had just so much sheer joy that it was so wor- worth watching her play the first time we did it, and just, yeah, she's very excited by it. It's, um... <laughs> I mean, nobody cares about Animal Crossing anymore for wholesome experiences. Oh, no. <laughs> I kid, but I was just kind of reminiscing on that. I'm like, oh, right. But this is kind of like the new wholesome experience that everyone's been waiting mm-hmm. for. And they, they had such a daunting task with this game because it was one of the most like asked for things on the Wii U. Right. And we've been all waiting since the N64 to experience this again. And, you know, the Wii U seemed to be the right fit. Have you played it with motion controls yet? I have not, but... No. Um, is it better? I guess I'm guessing it's with handheld more than anything. I uh, I play it with the Switch Pro controller and it turns okay. on motion controls automatically, which is basically just kind of like moving the camera around. But I didn't really care for it too much. I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like bad motion control, but it's also like... I move my controller too much <laughs> to make it work while I'm playing. So I was like, okay, I'll just turn it off. But it didn't seem like bad motion controls. It would make more sense handheld, wouldn't it, I think? Because that is kind of like a Wii U gamepad, I suppose. Like a camera, yeah. Augmented reality almost. Yeah. And I think that's where we kind of, I haven't played around with it yet, but I feel like that would be a very cool application of it. Yeah. Now, uh, I mean, I know you, uh, have you beaten it, so to speak? Yes, I've seen the credits roll and I cried again. (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers for no one. Um, What do you feel, uh, I guess, because again, there's only 214 Pokemon as Jono revealed for us. Like, do you see them doing DLC where they add more stages or they add more Pokemon? Like, it, it seems like a natural thing for this it does but honestly i mean i get what you mean by only but there's so much in this game that it really doesn't feel like only yeah so i'm not gonna say no to dlc as long as it's up to the quality of like the rest of the game but i honestly don't think this game needs it which is the key thing like this is okay this is one of the most not not to throw shade or anything, because I don't like when people uh, needlessly throw shade, but this feels like one of the most complete Pokemon experiences I've had in a long time. This really feels like this is the world of Pokemon that we've all imagined exploring in our childhoods. Is that a fair assessment, Gwen? Yeah. In Sun and Moon, I just finished it and like I beat... Professor Kokui, that was an experience in itself, but, like, after I finished the game, it's like, this game is not complete at all. Yeah, it's, but it is also very much um, a bigger issue in terms of most games these days that we've constantly railed against the idea of a game feeling like it's not been completed and they're going to patch it and or DLC it to 
complete it or fix it after launch kind of thing? Oh, yeah. It's definitely not exclusive to Pokemon. I would argue a lot of games are worse than Pokemon in that regard. Even after something like Sword and Shield, oh no, the the Dexit, oh no, the Apple Tree or whatever. No, honestly, I really don't think it's nearly as bad as some other games, though. Yeah, and so... It's still great, though, to hear that this game doesn't need it. Now it's more just a, do I just want more? As long as it's, yeah, quality, like you said. Right. Like, I don't know why everyone's freaking out about the apple tree. I know, it may be similar to this photo from, like, Legend of Zelda. Yeah, there are bigger problems than than a tree. It's not a perfect game, but, like, the tree, I think, is the least of our problems. Personally, that's what I think. I don't know. Is that discourse in Snap? No, no, in uh, Sword and Shield, the the tree graphic that looks like a, like N64 tree from uh, Ocarina of Time. Oh, funny. I haven't even noticed, to be frank. Exactly, right? There's, there's other things to worry about. <laughs> yeah, there's bigger <laughs> things to focus on. Like, you're too busy looking at the Vista and trying to f- dodge Pokemon that are running after you. Yeah, looking at Yugalade. Oh, for me, it's all Usain Bolt Hunt just <laughs> chasing after me. Oh, no. <laughs> Once I got surrounded by Tyrogs, they're all just around me, and I'm just like, slowly goes into my inventory, gets out Zashian. Okay, I'm ready. Just moon blasts all of them. Sounds like you stumbled into a regular Tyrogs gallery. Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow, we did it. Okay. Show's over, everybody. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I, yeah, I'm just excited to see some of the newer. Uh, new Pokemon coming into play and I don't know I, I think yeah the only reason I'd want DLC is to see just more of the same and also I haven't explored the internet f- factor a lot are you able to like add friends to follow and stuff like that or is it just whatever kind of comes up can like I search you out Nikki and look at your photos specifically or is it happenstance that's a great question because everyone has like a like a little number underneath their name, yeah. but I haven't figured out how to search people. It's really strange. This also seems like a really good place for a Nintendo to finally add a new app where you could like, you know, download it and look through them as like a photo, like essentially like an Instagram. Oh yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. cause they have like, you know, the Nook Link, Splatoon, and I can't remember the other one that they literally keep advertising in the Nintendo online little component on the Switch, but they haven't really added anything since. And it's like, this seems like one of those natural ones you could use. Okay, yeah, that I can see as like a free little app. I would like that. Yeah. Uh, And also like talking about like you feeling that the games aren't complete. Mm -hmm. I did not. I'm like one of the original Metobia players, the one who played the original 3DS games and not the only the new Switch ones. Well, and it's not even out yet. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. But, like, after you beat the game, two new places open up. And, like, one is just this new place if you want to, to do stuff there. Challenges. And then the other place is, like, this city where you can battle bosses, and it's only for post-game, of course. I'm glad that they didn't add it in the original story because you would get obliterated. Yeah. But, well, like, things like that for like end game, post game content to challenge yourself if you just kind of want more of the experience. And that idea yeah, makes sense with uh, that game coming up coming up soon that the the new uh, Metopia is coming out. Did anybody here ever play the original one? I know Nathan did back when uh, and I was trying to see if I could buy his copy because Gwen's original copy on the 3DS went missing. But then this announcement happened. And we're like, cool, the hunt is over because now there's a better version coming out. And um yeah, because you're pretty stoked for it. You've played the demo of it, Gwen, right? Yeah, I finished it. Mm-hmm. And is it um, like just a part? Like, I mean, t- having beaten the original game, was the demo just like a part of like the major game? Or is it just like the opening sequence? 
Well, it's a part of the major. So thing. it kind of starts you in the middle kind of thing? Yeah, like, it, you finish a lot of, like, the original stuff in Greenhorn, and then right about when you're going to get into the castle, they're just like, oh, no, you cannot pass. Gotcha. And they're just like, no, I have the mayor's thing. She's like, you do have the mayor's thing. But do you have the money to get the full version? It's just like, wait, what? Right. So it does start you at the beginning of the game, though. And then yeah. plays you up to a certain point. Oh, okay, so it's one of those ones. Yeah. Also, like, when I... And then, like, when I first got on the makeup and wig future, I would feature. I was so excited. I yeah, was it looks like, so good. This is, I shall create you to look way different than what your actual muse look like. Yeah, you're going to have, um, you're going to fill our Switch hard drive with just Mies. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. Um, random dovetail from creating Mies. Did anybody else see that person who discovered that the NPC creator in Breath of the Wild was essentially an advanced version of like the me maker. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm wondering if they're also going to figure out that you, they can then take their characters from Utopia into that now with like all the added new features. Oh my gosh. That means someone can put Nicki Minaj into <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Breath of the Wild then. Oh my God. Have you guys seen the really good Nicki Minaj one? No. But that sounds amazing. Oh my gosh, they're so good. And here I was just proud of making World at Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, God, I'm going to have to look that up. I'm looking it up now because I cannot possibly not look that up after that. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. But yeah, we're hoping we'll get um, the new Miitopia in time, maybe for Gwen's birthday. We shall see since we just got Snap and that's going to take a lot of fun and time with what Nikki says. It's uh, It's got a lot. It was bigger than you were expecting. Oh my gosh. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it just kept going. And it was like, I'm glad it's just going because it's like the best game ever and I don't want it to end. <laughs> but it's also like, oh my God, does this game actually end? It's so much. There's so much. And you unlock new areas after the credits roll. Nice. Yeah, post-game content's great, and it's but it is nice, like you said, that it just still feels like a complete package. It's a good place to be, so that way if nothing more comes out, fine. But if we get more, yay. Exactly, yeah. Is there anything in the new Snap that you wish they'd left out by how simple, I guess, the original Snap was or something? Or Honestly, no. Honestly, I think I think this game nailed it. I think they really got everything. Yeah. No, do you have any final thoughts, Nikki? Uh, everyone should get this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good for the soul. I think even if you don't like Pokemon, it's such a good game. And it, like, shows the Pokemon in, in this in their environment, living such, like, so realistically that, like, you would like it. If you like, like, creatures and stuff, I mean, uh, I haven't played Monster Hunter in a long time, but, like, you brought up, it's like that, right? Like, they're just living, and you can see them, and also take pictures. Now I want Monster Hunter snap. Oh, it'd be amazing. (laughs) Let's go, yeah, come on, take a picture of Devil Joe. (laughs) Don't hunt them, snap. But you still have to be like tactical and and quiet, otherwise they'll eat you. I think the only thing I would ever want to see, I guess, from Snap moving forward would be somehow even exploring the realms we've been to. Like, I appreciate that they always make it a new place, but it would still be really cool to like walk around city streets and stuff like that of the places we've been and see those places from a new angle in a new way. Oh, yeah. Because this game is like framed in that way where it's like, this is a place that nobody has explored before and we got the funding to come and and research here. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But there is something to be said about, you know, the the joy of urban photography and stuff like that. Right. 
That would be cool. Maybe that will be the DLC. That would be amazing. Go to Nimbasa City. <laughs> And take pictures of them. Oh my there. god, I'd love that. Lumios or any <laughs> yeah, that would be really great. Then you go to the to the catwalk uh, <gasps> for the show. Yes. And uh Alessa's there with her emolga. Yes. Alright, fashion photography, guys. <sighs> Here we go. Yeah, and something else that I kind of think is this is a theory. So, for Snap? Snap and the Pokemon game. Okay. So if you notice, in the Galar Crown Tundra DLC, there are wild roaming fossil Pokemon. Yes. And it's kind of bizarre. But then at Pokemon Snap, in the volcano area, there are wild roaming fossil Pokemon. Oh. Like, I saw an Aerodactyl, a Tyrantrum, Ariados, and then this made me thinking, what happens in the Galar region or sun? Thing, a lot of the scientists revived fossil Pokemon and then there's a great escape. And then they're all scuttled away. Then a lot of Pokemon trainers got those fossil Pokemon and then they released them in the Lentil region, if that's what the region is called. And then they all went to Volcano for heat. I do like, though, the fact that you basically just framed Lentil region as Jurassic Park. <laughs> Exactly. The volcano's great. It's just so good. They scream at you. They scream at you and it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the real question. How excited are you for your new Hey You Pikachu? Let's go. Hey You Pikachu too. Hey Harder. All right. Coming this spring. <laughs> hey Harder. <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> At any rate, uh, Gwen, thank you so much for coming on and joining us to talk about Pokemon. We're going to go on to other games that uh, really have no relevance <laughs> for where you're playing these days. But it's uh, it's good having our uh, clear enthusiast of uh, Pokemon on. And Miitopia, thank you for bringing it up because it's something I'm hoping we'll be talking about soon enough if we get our hands on it at the site. Yes, because I'm super excited about the Miitopia remakes. And I'm also quite worried i don't think they are but i'm quite worried that they're gonna change the story and all this new audience will not see the original story and i'd be From super the sense sad of it, i think it's going to be the the same one yes. and if, if anything they would probably just add to it if anything yeah. or make some more side stuff but i don't think they they've been touting it as it is a remake uh remaster rather so i they would be foolhardy to completely change it up yeah and also after the post game you get two islands in the original, but in the remaster, two? Who wants two? We'll give you eight. Maybe. <laughs> that happens, I freak out and be so excited. And the entire neighborhood will know about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole world will know about it. <laughs> <laughs> and even in space. The whole galaxy, all the galaxies in the whole Anyone that can hear galaxy. you. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for coming on, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get you back on next time around. Maybe when Metopia comes out. Yeah. We'll say goodbye That'd for now. Amazing. Yeah, okay. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, Gwen. It was great to have you on. Bye, it was so great to Thanks have you yeah. on. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I know it's not as thrilling as doing a podcast, but have fun doing your homework. <laughs> <laughs> Relatable. Uh, so as Gwen steps out and apparently, no way, Gwen doesn't leave. Gwen evolves into a wild Caitlyn that appears. Hi. What's my evolution name then? The I mean, Argyros kind of sounds like a Pokemon name, not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gwenargeros. <laughs> there we go. Gwenargeros. 
but yeah, we have another special guest joining us because we can't talk about Final Fantasy fourteen without our Final Fantasy fourteen correspondent. Yes, that's that's me, folks. <laughs> so thanks for joining us. Uh, we wanted to get into it last episode with Caitlin, and then if, uh, and then uh, Alana was going to come on and talk about it a bit, and we we're like, well. We also should have Caitlin, I suppose, but just, you know, scheduling. But I'm glad you're here. You made it. That's great. Also, whenever someone talks about Yakuza or Final Fantasy fourteen, it's like someone just rubs a lamp and Caitlin just goes poof. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, we got uh, a whole lot of news because FanFest happened and that's super exciting. Uh, I mean, it's a bummer, of course, that no one can go physically, but all the news is super cool. And uh, what I judged from Derek Heemsbergen's um, Final Fantasy fourteen FanFest bingo you were all expecting a lot of Final Fantasy IV news, mm-hmm. and it looks like you got some of that. We did. And there's some dope-looking new classes. There's bunnies uh, to the moon. It's it's super cool. Uh, yeah, what's what we got to look forward to as Final Fantasy XIV fans? Oh, so much. There are bunnies. I think people are most excited about the Vieira boys, are they not? Like, <laughs> Yes. I was going to say, yeah, sexy sexy boy bunnies probably are Trump little bunnies, but still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's the Vieira bunny boys um, who are super cute. And I really like the fact that they're like the opposite of the Aura um, in the in the Aura, the males are the bigger um, and then the females are all the girls are smaller, but you've got it the other way or around. Are they shorter? Yeah. So Vieira oh, cool. ladies are taller and the Vieira boys are shorter, which, you know, I feel there's some justice paid there, definitely. Now I want Final Fantasy XII too with that whole dynamic in like that entire city and everything. There are the rumors about that Final Fantasy related project oh, that yeah. PS that we, that we just literally heard about. We have no idea if they're anything or at all, but like now that you said Final Fantasy XII too, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it would be more like Final Fantasy XII 3 because we did have Revenant Wings, which was a sequel. That's fair. And um, was a mixed bag. I liked what I played. I liked it. Some people, I think I, it was pretty well received, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think I'd call it more of a spinoff than it was a sequel just because of the completely different mechanics. Well, it's a sequel story-wise, though, because it takes place after the first game. So. Yeah, it was, it's a canon story. Just, yeah, gameplay-wise, is complete. Sky pirating fun times. Yeah. Slash yep. gameplay spinoff sequel story. But the other bunny um, thing you're really, um, referring to, Greg, are the Loperets, which are definitely not naming ways at all. Like, <laughs> no way. They're adorable. If you get the collector's edition box, you get a little, like, keychain, soft, plushy one of those. So Cute. I wanted that box more, more so than any other collector's edition box for 14. I wanted that box. <sighs> And I'm not even like a paladin main, but that statue that comes with it looks super dope. It's pretty, yeah. They did not handle that in the best way possible, I must say. Like, it was no. pretty terrible. But In what way? It was really confusing, and they tried their best to explain it, what the different editions were, but I... And I and I I even understand why they they did it that way to a certain extent because you're you're no longer getting a physical disc with the uh, if you buy it physically you're just getting a a, a download code which makes sense. But it was confusing as hell, and they could have just simplified it very easily, but they chose not to as to what edition of the collector edition you want to get, depending on your platform. And then they sold out, like, ridiculously. Like, they were sold out before the end of the first day of FanFest. What? And they opened up some more stock the next day, but that's also, that waiting list uh, is now full. So, like... <laughs> Mm. Good luck if you want to get this collector edition. There will there will hopefully be more in the future, and it's especially because um, you can just get the box with the goodies and, and not the game. Uh, if you're like you know getting it on uh, PSN, and you you just you have to buy it through Sony if you're doing it that way. 
So maybe more so than previous uh, CEs will be getting more stock. But it's on the one hand super excited that you know there were there's enough outpouring of the fans to to sell them out of of all their their stock already. But on the other hand, like if you were like me and maybe thinking, oh, well, I want it, but I don't know if I want to, you know, I, w- I want to think about it. Too late. I think maybe that's the downside of having a digital fan fest is that everybody's at home and they could all storm the web store at once. Whereas, you know, in a traditional fan fest, you'd all be busy. Everyone who attended would be busy going to the events and hanging out and maybe they wouldn't be able to like, you know, immediately go try to pre-order. So everyone's just like, well, now what do we do? Guess we reorder. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, I see the plus and minus. I also appreciate um, our priorities, Alana, where I was, was speaking about bunnies and you went to sexy bunny boys and I went to cute little bunnies. <laughs> and we forgot about the others. I was really... Hey, the gender is irrelevant for me. So don't worry. Like... No, it's fair. But I just, <laughs> I just find you're like, oh yeah, the cute bunnies. And I'm like, oh yeah, the sexy male bunnies. Oh, I... <laughs> yeah, fair enough. We both just forgot about them. But yeah, no, I'm, Super excited that everyone's stoked about new Vieras. And you got new classes? Uh, yeah. So we already knew about one of them. We knew about Sage from the broadcast yeah, in Sage. February, which is the new healer. Um, it's a barrier healer, correct? So they're going to have to retool Ast at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Ast is, they're probably, I mean, I'm assuming they're just going to get rid of Nox sect or they're going to Oof. make Nox something else maybe. But it's, I'm assuming Ast is going to become a pure, did I say Ast? There, I, I said ass. That's what I was sorry. trying to say, assed. But I think it came out like I was saying ass. So I'm sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, I, ass is probably going to become more of a pure. Did it still sound like ass? <laughs> ass. It's fine. Don't worry. Okay. I guess I'm not gonna need the chocobo sound effect for this episode. <laughs> Outtakes. Um, yeah, astrologian is. I'm assuming going to become a Regin healer only like white mage in order to have that, you know, ba- balance uh, between now two shield healers and two Regin healers. Yeah. Just wants to stay relevant. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, the new job we got um, was Reaper, which is a melee DPS class, which looks very, very, very cool. Very, I, it, I don't know a ton about it at the moment. Like we, Very 90s. Yeah, it's very much like, it looks like it's a melee DPS, but the whole gimmick is that you can call on a void scent um, and it does things with you. It can either merge with your character or it can merge with your scythe. And it's not always there as well. So I'm assuming it's going to be tied to some sort of a gauge or it's going to be on a couple of actions. But yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see because like one thing, like it looks really flashy, like mm-hmm. very, very, it's it's very edgy, isn't it? It's like Dark Knight's got a friend now, hasn't it? Like Right, yeah. For, for all those people that were, were, you know, disappointed that Dark Knight was a tank instead of a DPS, well, here you go. Like this is like Dark Knight's twin brother. Now you have... Edgelord DPS. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It looks really fun though. Like I'm considering I'm considering picking it up for definite. Like I haven't I mean I'm not on current content yet anyway, so I'm miles away from even considering that. But Yeah, how does that work? I've always wondered when new content drops, like, you know, when Samurai came in uh Stormblood. Yes. And then you got the now you have like, yeah, the new Sage and stuff. Does that retro, like in Heaven's Word, could you go and conceivably be them or do you have to get to like the locations via the story? So they they changed this. In Heaven's Word, you had to have access to the uh, 3.0 uh, area. So you, you unlocked the new jobs in Heaven's Word areas, but they, they realized that was a bad idea for people who weren't 
up to that point of the story yet because accessing the area is a story locked. You can't get to uh, Ishgard until you actually get there in the story, even if you're the right level to unlock the job. So from Stormblood on, you now unlock the jobs in original A Realm Reborn areas. And presumably that will be the same uh, with Reaper and Sage. So as long as you are the appropriate level, you have to have a job, I think, at level 70 is what's required because that's where the new jobs, that's what level they start at. Um, you can unlock them. Gotcha. And you have to, of course, have you have to have access to Endwalker since they're from Endwalker. So you have to purchase a license. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I figured like it'd at least be tied to purchasing the game. But I was just curious, like, could I, if I had the entire bevy of content, could I conceivably do that instead of trying to work my way up to? Lancer or something? Yeah. So like, if you're still working through Heaven's Word or Stormblood or well. Let's say you, you had to be you probably probably at Stormblood at least if you're looking to op- to unlock these new jobs. You could feasibly unlock them once you have an Endwalker license and play through story content. Gotcha. Through like the the post 4.0 patches, and you could do all of Shadowbringers if you wanted on these jobs if you wanted. That's cool. Okay, I like that because then you don't get that like flood of like okay now everybody's changing to this, which you do obviously get to a point. But it also means some people still have to kind of stick around with the other jobs and they still get some play and diversity. Oh, you'll get it. You'll get lots of bunny reapers, I think. That's what I mean. Day one is going to be bunny reapers and bunny sages. And oh, yes. The de- as, a, as, as someone who hasn't like tried healing or uh, tanking yet, I'm, my cues are going to suffer a lot. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I'm, I'm in it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. De- uh, leveling reaper is going to be painful for a while right at launch uh alliance roulette is your friend because you, you can you accuse times for that on dps are faster than in pretty much anything else so and what would reaper be inspired by because i i can't think of it like i mean sage uh i see where it comes from sage tella and such an ff4 but i don't see where reaper comes in unless the distant random long shot that they're gonna cross over into chrono trigger content and we get magus because that'd be rad they said it was an they said it was a purely original job so it's not inspired okay. by anything from any final fantasy as far as i'm aware so yeah yoshi p was pretty upfront about that which is really cool yeah considering that like all of the um the the trial series or not the trial series the 24 man series is going to be an original story and uh pandemonium the eight man raid series is presumably going to have something to do with la habrea so it's going to be an original Original story. Um, they're all they're kind of going all original with the content going in. I mean, as outside of the obvious uh, allusions to Final Fantasy IV that is coming from the main scenario in Endwalker. Keeps it fresh. Yeah, I really like that approach. Yeah, especially because I'm just getting into the evilly stuff now. So I'm like, yeah. Nikki, have you ever been tempted to play Final Fantasy XIV after hearing anyone talk about it, like Caitlin or Alana? I was actually going to ask because uh, my Twitter uh, feed exploded with <laughs> yeah. Bunny Boys, and I was like, "Huh? <laughs> People have been telling me about some sort of like a uh, free certain amount of demo thingy mabob <laughs> mm-hmm. in like Comic Sans, <laughs> the free trial." And I'm like, "Well, now that there's Bunny Boys with the Comic Sans." Or like Microsoft Word Art, did you know you can play the first <laughs> 70 levels? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But now now there's Bunny Boys. And so I've been thinking, now I'm you know, just asking for a friend if I started, <laughs> could my uh, you know, friend 
starred as a bunny boy. Not until Endwalker's out, so not until the 23rd of November. But, oh my goodness, November. Oh, thank God I'm safe until, I mean, a friend of mine is safe until then. But when that happens, (laughs) my theoretical, I mean, definitely real friend could start as a bunny boy. Correct. Perfect. Okay, this is interesting. All right. I'll I'll keep this word art propaganda in mind. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when do you get Tiger Ladies? Oh, yeah, they're coming eventually. They're working on that. I pro- mm-hmm. um, Yeah, so that'll be really cool. I'd be really interested to see how they um, interpret those. Yeah, uh, especially from a body dimorphism standpoint. Are they, are they, you know, how are they going to size up compared to the male Rothgar, which are already pretty buff yeah. cat boys? Right, yeah, that'd be pretty rad. Uh, also, just not to deviate too far from that, sorry for a sec, Nikki. Uh, by the way, your totally real friend can probably reach out to almost anyone on the team if they need people to play with. Mm-hmm. Definitely. definitely. Yay. Oh, very good. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, send them your info. Definitely not my own info. Especially uh, because they're going to be doing uh, data center traveling soon. Mm. So now, now, Alana... I get to play with you. I'm on a U. I'm actually on a U.S. server, so I've been. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh crap! All right. I'm already well, on one. That's mostly a time zone thing. I want to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I've still been playing till like three, four a.m. UK time sometimes. So. <laughs> Nikki, I'll tell you what. If your friend and my friend are still interested at that time and want to start playing together, I would consider they would consider playing together at that point if you want if if someone wanted to start at the same time yeah that sounds great i i've got my friend on the phone right now what was that <laughs> oh yeah okay yeah no they say yeah that sounds like a great idea but yeah like uh going back to yeah the the announcements and stuff um how much was expected what blew your mind aside from uh male viera uh i was really excited to learn that we are finally going to charlayan yes in this expansion they have it's been a an area region that's been discussed because uh pretty much all of the scions come from charlayan and i've wanted to learn more about that place especially you know especially considering what the characters have told us it's you know we we've heard piecemeal what charlayan is like how they're they're all about knowledge, but they're also very kind of isolationist and don't like to get involved in what's going on in the rest of the world. That sounds like sages. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the sage job, even though you should, you, you will be unlocking it um, in a Realm Reborn area because that wouldn't, wouldn't be really fair to have to unlock it in Charlayan, but I'm assuming it's going to hail from Charlayan since it would only stand a reason. Yeah, probably the job of the role quest will be there, won't it, or something. Yeah. So, but yeah, we get to go to Charlayan. Uh, it looks really freaking beautiful. Um, and the uh, we get to, uh, sp- spoiler, it's not really a spoiler if you have been playing the game at all, but it looks like we're going to meet Alfino and Alize's dad. Mm-hmm. And I'm prepared for him to be a total jackass because mm-hmm. he seems like a, a jackass in the trailer. But uh, <laughs> but I'm also prepared for people to thirst and, and stand him because, you know... Yep. He's a, a a male Ellison, and if we learned anything from Heaven's Word, the other name for Final Fantasy XIV is Elf Boyfriends. So yep. <laughs> there you go. I also imagine when you describe meeting the dad, like obviously it's going to be you know story related, something epic, whatever. But there's a part of me that's like the two of them just like, and you want to come to dinner at our house? I cannot wait for like fan fiction and Twitter reactions to like oh, anybody who canons their Warrior of Light is dating. 
I, f- I forget his name, but Alfino and Alize's dad, because the awkwardness, especially with Alize, oh my gosh, her reaction to that would be, would just be chef's kiss. I can't help but feel that anyone who says, I can't wait for the fan fiction is wishing on a monkey's paw, but hey. <laughs> there's some good FF14 fan fiction and fan art out there that's tasteful. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's lots of it. And they're all re- there's already people doing that fan art. So yeah, it's, it, it's there. No doubt. Yeah, Nikki, you can tell your friend to go look for that, too. I got so many people, you know, like, retweeting and being like, wow, look at this cool picture of, like, this person. And, like, that's a Final Fantasy XIV person. I mean, I know because of, like, the the words that are next to it. I don't know who this person is, but, you know, there it is. Yeah, woohoo. And now bunny people. Yeah, let's go. All right. Woo, yeah. So many daddies. (laughs) Too little time. Yeah, there's like that one with the like Cruella Deville man. I don't know, but he's there. I know who you mean. I was like, who's that? I was yeah. Like, yeah, I definitely know who that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like I keep seeing him. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I I I, I don't want to get too attached before my friend plays this game and tells me everything about it. But you know, here we are, video game. <laughs> he's one indeed. <laughs> Ah, uh, show's over. Uh, Nikki, your friend is a delight. And is welcome back on the show anytime. <laughs> they say thanks. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, anyway, sorry, back to, to Ed Walker content and the FanFest. Yeah, um, so the other, we got one other new location, didn't we? Um, which is uh, Thavnir and Rad's at Han, which is one of the other new, oh my god, this place is gorgeous. I don't really it's know what- It's so makes, beautiful. This is, I, I guess it makes sense, because this is where Dance is from, isn't it? So we've had yeah, like- Yeah, yeah. The, the towering stone place? With like the the grotto in the middle kind of thing? Or? It's kind of more like Southeast Asian. So the buildings are extremely colorful. Like this, Ooh, like, ye- nice. it's very yellow, green, red, um, mm-hmm. really beautiful area. Like even that like green areas outside of the main hub city just look really stunning. Like there are dancer statues everywhere. There's plinths, there's... Um, it, yeah, it just looks amazing. And I'm really like, and I'm excited to go to the moon, but like, I'm excited to go to other places as well. So, although about the moon, the the single like the 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 moment that kind of sent me the most during that keynote was they showed us they did a little trailer of you running around the moon, and they used the Amarat music, and I was like, and then and then and then they knew what they were doing because they Yoshi P even commented about the BGM choice being important or or you know like is it important afterwards so i was like they know what they're doing so now i'm really expecting to like yeah. to learn some things about the Asians and and when what the final days and whatnot on the moon and i'm like i'm here for it because um, yeah. i want more i am not in Shadowbringers yet but i've heard things about amarot so yeah i'm staying away from that for spoiler reasons but oh, yeah i can't wait for you to get there oh i'm so excited it's it's like one of my favorite themes it might be honestly my favorite theme in the game and there's just so many different uh he Soken does a, a bunch of different renditions of it over the course of Shadowbringers and into the uh, post Shadowbringers patches that are are brilliant and speaking of Soken um I think it we have to talk about uh the announcement that he made uh, all the way at the end of FanFest during the closing ceremony um so yeah he revealed that last year um right around when uh places were starting to shut down because of the pandemic uh, that he was diagnosed with cancer and that he spent uh like upwards of like 6 to 7 or so months I think uh mostly 
in a hospital um, wor- working on music. He he insisted. Uh, he didn't. He he told uh, a few people. He told Yoshi P about it, and he he asked that you know the 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 rest of the dev team not be told because he didn't want them to worry about him. You know they they obviously when they found out they were they were concerned, but he insisted that he, let's see what he want to do because music uh, working on the music for fourteen really was kind of what helped him get through uh, that really difficult time for him um, because because he knew the fans, you know, loved it and, 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 and were excited to see more. And, you know, he he's I think he's 100 percent right that there is a there is a very real healing power from music. Mm-hmm. And luckily, he uh, as part of the announcement, he said that uh, as of uh, today, he is in uh, hopefully full remission. Oh, so I think we're all still like worried because you know you can remission is great, but like you're you know, never that can always, yeah. But it's 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 you know relief to know that he's not like on death's door that he's yeah. he's here for you know the foreseeable future. And he you know he he said he said that you know the music saved him that, and I'm just like I was floored by that, and so was. Oh my God, Yoshi P was crying on, and, and I mean, I don't blame him at all. Yeah, we're watching Koji Fox like translate as well at the same time as he was like blinking away tears, looking at Yoshi P crying, <laughs> and then seeing Sokan's reaction. It was just, I haven't actually watched the full video. I can't at the moment. It's just a little bit too much for me personally. Like, it really like I I missed it because I watched it was after the Primals concert and I was I'd like popped out and then everyone was like oh my goodness what's happened and it was it was very heavy and you could feel like even just amongst our like small group of people who play it like the the outpouring of like love online and everyone went on fourteen there were lots of people anyway watching the concert live on fourteen because people do they get glow sticks out they go to Limsa or wherever and it's fun and people were doing one of the uh, trials in 5.3 because he wrote this particular piece of music while in hospital I believe and yeah they were leaving like they were doing party finder and in party finder they were saying things like oh we love you so welcome back so um things like that and they were running this trial I don't want to say it because well I shouldn't know what it is so I've kind of spoiled myself a tiny bit but yeah um they were running this. There was also a raid, I believe, with a crab called Cancer. I don't know whether yes. it popped up. Did it pop up over the fan fest or was that a... Uh, I'm pretty sure it did. People on Twitter mm. were posting images yeah. of that fate. Um, and it, important because the uh, the achievement uh, for that fate is something like uh, in full remission. Or... Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So they did they they did that fade and everyone uh who participated was you know shouting you know welcome back soken and we love you soken and and things like that i didn't i wasn't in game during fanfest and now i'm kind of wishing i was cuz that that would have been really amazing to to be there during the concert um since we couldn't be there live the that song that plays during that 5.3 trial which is already like one of possibly one of my favorite tracks in the game takes on a whole other meaning too when you realize that he he wrote it mm-hmm. uh, while he was battling cancer so lots of emotions um it was so lovely to see the community come together like that and they did it again with you know the passing of the um berserk um illustrator mm-hmm. like it was just incredible like yeah i've been away from the game for like four years this year and, and i'd only just recently come back like in february march time and like i'd forgotten just how good this community was which 
it's really it's fantastic to be a part of like it's just so wonderful um and yeah like the people i play with as well are just wonderful as well and it's yeah seeing us all come together and talk about it and being like oh my goodness like sharing our own memories and our own thoughts and everything it was just yeah it was kind of incredible like even though we weren't at FanFest and you know it was digital I think it was a really beautiful what like it was just really beautiful for everyone to come together like that it was fantastic yeah like I mean the devs and you know all the fans are obviously looking forward to like maybe you know uh, FanFest uh, um, in next mm -hmm. it won't be this year or next year it's every two years so it should be 2023 when they had the next FanFest the next physical fest yeah, and hopefully by then everything's improved enough that they can do a physical fan fest. Um, but even so, despite like the constraints of the digital fan fest, I think it was really awesome that we all, like, you know, and you can like, it's all archived. So you can go on YouTube or whatever and you can watch all of it. There's two days worth of, uh, of fan fest content. And there's there's other things that happened. They had panels where they had the, de the devs talking about their process. There's a unfortunately a Japanese only panel where they have some of the voice actors come and talk about. I'm sure that'll get translated at some point by somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It better because Emmett Sucks uh, say you was part of the group, and I really want to hear every single thing he has to say because yes. I'm I'm I've I basically become an Emmett Sucks stan over the last couple of years. So like <laughs> yeah. They had a, a cosplay contest, which was really nice because normally they'd have the pe people like, you know, who attend FanFest participate in the contest. But now because it's remote, they had people send in pictures and they loosened the sort of um, rules so you could be really creative with your, 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 uh, your, your cosplay. And that was a lot of fun. They had a piano concert the first evening in which... Great music, listen to it all, but you have got to watch the interlude that Sokin did where he played Lahi <laughs> in a very interesting way. It's so good. Oh, it's fantastic. I think I think I've seen it about 20 times. It's yes. just perfect. It's so good. He uses like a oh my god, what are those instruments called? It's like or they're like called atom autonomist or something like that or an atomina. And yeah, it's wonderful. But yeah. And then the Primals concert the second evening was really good. So it had uh, pretty much uh, almost all the set pieces uh, between the piano concert and the Primals concert from their, their latest band album, including a few extra tracks that I really wish had been on the band album. To, to the to the edge uh, is not on the band album, even though it really should be. But yeah. they did they did they did play that during the Primals concert, and I'm hoping that maybe that means the next band album it'll get included. But uh, they speaking of the Primals concert, I thought this is perfect. If you have played one of the post Shadowbringers point post uh, 5.0 dungeons called the Twinning, <laughs> or even if you haven't, you've probably seen Twinning.mp4, yep. where uh, a very <laughs> Bored but ingenious fan put a bunch of guys dancing in different colors to represent the blue tank, green healer, and two red DPS to the music that plays during that dungeon because it's so catchy and boppy. And they totally recreated that meme in the concert by having uh, Foxclon and I think it, they were other uh, uh, community managers yeah, uh, in, sh in shirts doing dances. I've watched that also a bunch of times because it's just so perfect. Yep. This is like, you know, I know it's a silly little thing, but it's a really cool representation of how the dev team, you know, how much they love the community yeah. and how much they want to interact with the community that they, they, they saw this meme and they decided to recreate it. And of course, the community loved it because it's a stupid but awesome meme. And it's just nice to have some fun with it. Yeah. Uh, they also announced a lot of uh, new merch. 
that they're that um, not not the fan fest merch that you could already have pre-ordered, but additional merch uh, that is that will be coming out in the next year or so. Um, things like, do you want your Asian wine glasses so you can have your 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 sexy wine? I kind of do, but I can't justify that. Like I just I'm like, oh yeah, some yeah, really and. Some beautiful new vinyl sets of selected music, which I honestly, I don't have a, a vinyl player, but I kind of want them because the art on the uh, the sleeves is just so beautiful. I do have a vinyl player and I've pre-ordered them. So oh, yes, yeah, I need them. Yes. Yeah. And I'll, I'll have played um, through everything. I'll have played through Shadowbringers by the end of August, hopefully. So yeah. <laughs> and lots of other cool things. There's a, there's a Serp Great Serpent of Ranka plushie, which I, of course, pre-ordered because I need it. And uh, some some really cool but expensive collaborations. There's a, a series of watches, uh, citizen watches, uh, light and dark themed, um, that have special Final Fantasy XIV engravings on them and whatnot, which uh, I may or may not have pre-ordered. And then, if you have a lot of money to burn and or you're like a guitar enthusiast, there is a special Final Fantasy XIV edition uh, guitar. I'm blanking on the... It's the, a Fender, but I don't know yes, the Fender. make. Yeah. yeah. It looks really freaking dope. It's beautiful. Um, but it costs like... Uh, oh, it's like three and a half grand, isn't it? Something yeah, like it's that. like $3,500. I'm saving my money for the Queen's Wii. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just lots of lots of awesome stuff all around. Yeah, it was quite the shindig. Mm, yeah, I got some fridge magnets as well for my jobs that I made. Oh, I want all of them. I kind of want all of them, but I'm like, I don't actually, my fridge is like boxed in a cupboard, so I need to buy an actual separate metal thing anyway. So I'm like, maybe I'll main some other jobs first and then pick up the rest. All I can really say to all of that is, uh, Nikki's friend's not crying, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's intense. And yeah, that the fan reaction to everything was said that... Um, the very honest and very healthy uh, showing of emotion through all that too was really nice to see in today's society as well. And having everyone kind of band together around that is just fantastic. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's exciting times and just all the more reason why, you know, as, uh, as uh, imaginary friends are saying, uh, why we want to play this game. So thank you for sharing. It's uh, it's, it, it's a good time to be a Final Fantasy 14 fan. It is. Yes, although it's not going to be a good time for your families when N. Walker comes out because it comes out <laughs> literally the week of Thanksgiving. In the States, we're Canadians are solid. We're good. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I live on my own and Thanksgiving is nothing over here, so nobody suffers. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm going to do because I probably should be traveling to see family around then, but I really don't want to now because I want to play N. Walker. Uh, I can't, I'm not vaccinated. I can't come, folks. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. I wonder if they'll push that back a little bit. Maybe the consideration. I don't know. Eh, yeah. Uh, well, we're going to wrap things up, I think, because uh, that kind of does us on a lot of the talk. But I do want to ask uh, fun questions of everybody, because why not? We've gotten a lot of the the jobs and such in Final Fantasy fourteen and classes and stuff throughout the years. But we'll start with our series vets. What's a job that you would really want to see from any Final Fantasy introduced into the game oh i know one right off the top of my head because i'm a healer main i really wanted chemist i really thought that they were going to give us chemist because they specifically hinted at it during an msq quest uh, a couple of patches ago and 
I would, I, I love the idea because I'm a healer main, so I like healer jobs, but I think chemist could be a really interesting take on a healer because you wouldn't necessarily, I don't think he really would be casting spells. You would be mixing potions and throwing potions at people. Yeah, which was really cool with Riku in 10. It could be cool. And I also, I, you know, I don't know, you chemists and and uh, Tactics got to use uh, uh, rifles, which we already have, of course, machinists, but I think that you could find some unique way to, to use that. Or people have been talking about them doing a melee healer for a long time, and I really don't know if that would work very well, but it could be an interesting idea if, you know, a, non a non-spell-based healer had more of a, a melee feel to it than a, a, you know, distance feel to it. So, chemist. And you can use poisons and stuff, too. It'd be cool, too. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like in uh, the Bravely Default ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Gosh. Um. I mean, you can't implement Time Mage from Tactics, but I definitely want that outfit. Like, straight up just the <laughs> outfit. Um, Geomancer, I suppose, is my other one. Like, I just I just would be really interested to see what they would do with it, really, because it's such a weird job in Tactics' context. Like, it just uses bells, right? And I would really like to see what they do with that. So Yeah, whatever terrain you're standing on. The Geomancer that they introduced in, in uh, Stormblood just wouldn't work because it's so it's position is being very similar but on an opposite pole to Ast. Yeah. So they you know if they did it like that I don't think it would work. But if they ever got away from the uh, the triangle of jobs, tanks, healers, DPS and found a space uh for more of a support DPS. I mean like uh you've got bard and machinist and dancer that kind of fit that role but they are still effectively dps and they've already they've they've done a lot to actually kind of scale back how much support the joe's jobs do in terms of their the way they play but if they could find a way to carve a support job geomancer would be really interesting mm. if it could be more of a support mind job that doesn't necessarily do straight dps but is involved in encumbering or you know uh you know whittling down enemies uh, over time as opposed to because a lot of geomancer and tactics a lot of what they did they would do damage but they could also cause detrimental effects based on yeah. the tile that you were on mm -hmm. so that would be really cool it's always very satisfying when those vines stop somebody and you're like yes mm -hmm. yeah you get a curiosity while i let the others think uh why would time mage not work I, like, I always assumed actually Astrologium was a version of that, but apparently not. Well, I guess the main benefit of Time Mage is that it's a buff, you know, it's a support class, like, solely and almost. Comets. Yeah, it's got some offense, but... Yeah. Yeah, I guess Red Mage always covers enough of the dual white and black mage, so... Right. It would be weird. It, it would probably be difficult to balance. Yeah. Because, like, for instance, you know, the one thing you'd really want from a Time Mage is the ability to haste. Yeah. Yeah. But... If you introduce that, then how do you balance DPS when a, a party does not have a time mage? How do you mm. how do you keep it from effectively requiring time mage in groups because otherwise you are you're losing DPS by having everybody not be hasted? And then like, how would you balance effects like time mage can also slow and stop enemies in other games? And you know, would that make uh, content? Would you, would you be able to skip mechanics by you know if, if they let you literally stop the enemy and things like that? Yeah, it's mm -hmm. true. They'd have to be, work on a really tricky. I mean, it could be more haste in terms of like movement speed to like dodge attacks. Maybe not so much in speeding up DPS, but even then, that could skew things. Astrologian had 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 elements uh, like that, and they got they completely got rid of them. Like uh -huh. Astrologian has no more. Like it, Astrologian used to be able to speed up your GCD with its cards. 
and it used to be able to basically extend the buff of uh, you know regardless of what card you use you could use a, a, a an OGCD to extend the buff they got rid of that Astrologian unfortunately doesn't really have any time shenanigans left to it so they they clearly mm. in their decision to rebalance the job said nope we don't want time shenanigans so gotcha anyways thank you I was curious just yeah but that makes total sense uh, John do you have a thought or uh, Nikki okay this is gonna sound weird the only job I can think that I would like to play as is a brave bearer from bravely default Two, simply because the mechanics do not work you know, because there is no brave points, but it's a really cool jacket. I really like the jacket <laughs> the brave bearer wears. It's just really, <laughs> it's just a nice long white jacket that just looks badass and cool. And that's that's how I would like to go around, just wandering around with a badass white long coat and bunny ears. Oh, there is probably a glam just for you then. <laughs> you know, that's a crossover that they really. It'd be nice if they could do a crossover. Yeah, I'm a little surprised they haven't. Maybe not surprised is the word, but I think it would work. Like either that or Octopath, absolutely. Like it, yeah. they would fit right in. I wonder if it's just like, does Nintendo not want to do that or? Yeah, it's less of a problem with Octopath now because Octopath's on PC and yeah. on Game Pass. But yeah, certainly for Bravely, that may be an issue. It's also a possibility that they do just want to keep the two uh ips apart because bravely default i mean we've talked about this a lot in this podcast bravely default is kind of what the final fantasy series would have ended up as if it kept going down the route of if it really didn't innovate much like if after final fantasy uh, 10 it stayed with turn-based combat and uh that sort of thing it, it that's kind of where bravely ended up as um and final fantasy took a very different route so i think that perhaps they're trying to keep the two separate it seems like Square really does like to keep a lot of their properties, certain properties, apart completely. And even though they have a brilliant opportunity with Final Fantasy XIV to uh, introduce them in a way like they did with the near, with near, as I understand it, uh, they just kind of shy away from it. And they probably got such a backlog of other stuff to do too first. So that's true. But I mean, if they released a Chrono Trigger expansion or like missions or something in final fantasy 14 that's printing money there's a lot of people who would instantly sign up for final fantasy 14 myself included i would just want the soundtrack oh yes. god can you imagine soken rearranging mitsuda's stuff yeah there's like a ton of um speculate there's some speculation going on online because some of the concept art for one of the areas looks a little bit like zeal but it's just a floating it's just a floating kingdom in the sky it's not don't get don't get your hopes up like <laughs> there's no reason to like i want to play as a nude <laughs> oh i changed my answer yeah <laughs> <laughs> you get a little, oh no you get a little wind-up news uh nikki what's your answer uh, knowing again as 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 much as you're as you and your friend know the yeah because the thing is is that you know because uh time like you guys were talking about i can't cast haste on myself so i haven't gotten to play bravely second or bravely default two but i know in bravely second there's like a class where you talk to cats or something <laughs> but then there are cat boys in the game so you can already talk to them <laughs> so i really just want the cute outfits all about the glamours which i accept as an answer yeah so the only class i can think i would like 
is I don't know if you could even do mimic because that's the only thing I can think Ooh, of. That'd be rad, yeah. though. That would be super interesting. You just chase. It would be such a weird strategy to chase other people's attacks, like to to mirror them. But I guess I uh, I'll just put my answer towards uh, no classes. Just let the bunny people wear hats because I hear they <laughs> can't, and I want them to have hat rights. So that's my answer. They deserve hat rights as well. Yeah. Like I feel bad for them. That was on the every bingo card that I saw. For the like, it was like <laughs> give the bunnies hats, and they didn't get them. Sadly, they just got boys instead. Uh, hats or boys? What's better? I think hats are better than boys. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah, <laughs> hats are more reliable. Tough. Hats on boys? I don't know. Mm. Best of both oh, now worlds. We're talking. Okay. Need to call up my friend again. Tell them that. Right. <laughs> uh, for myself, it's it is actually very much also motivated by uh, I guess the glamour. But uh, I'm wondering if it would kind of work similar to like I don't know how Summoner plays in in uh, 14. But I want like the Beastmasters, but the ones with the sheep costumes from Five. Oh yeah, from Five. I was thinking of that too, but it was like yeah, that's just give me the cute little earmuffs. And you can just summon animals that will do random like buffs or attacks or whatever. Uh, and it'd be, be kind of like, I guess, Geomancer, where it's dependent on the region, depends on the monster you summon or the creature you summon. Beastmaster comes up a lot in people's wish lists. Um, usually, though, it's the idea is if they ever did another limited job. Like Blue Mage? That Beastmaster might be it. Yeah. And I suppose like that's maybe where like Time Mage could fit is not something like that, where it's for a specific instance, I guess. Because Blue Mage, you can't just carry out into the world, right? It's only like for like a specific like arena or something like that. You can use Blue Mage when you're out in the overworld. It's somewhat limited in terms of what instance content you can use it in. Okay. Although they've opened that up a little bit and they're actually, there's specific challenges now if you do like all Blue Mage parties in uh, some of the old raid content. You can get an absolutely horrid marble, marble mount if you really, really have to ride that ugly, <laughs> smelly... You know, Final Fantasy uh, classic uh, enemy, then, you know, Gotta love it. you do that. I'm not personally, I'm fine not having that mount. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just want a Beastmaster or to be Gao, one or the other. Either copy monsters or summon monsters. But yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of possibility. And then, of course, yeah, there's always the idea of them making new roles and stuff. You know, maybe we'll get a, a prompto class where you just take pictures of everything. Ah, new Final Fantasy <laughs> snap. I take so many pictures on 14. It's actually embarrassing. I may have to go through my PS5 storage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to like look at the RPG fan gallery for 14 and it's just ex exponentially exploding because of Alana sharing it for the media. Oh, that's right. That reminds me. They uh, so the day two they had the live letter. Um, the the right. and that was entirely focused around uh five point five five, which is actually coming out this coming Tuesday from the date that we're recording this, um, May twenty fifth, which is earlier than I was expecting. Mm. Usually, the second half of the MSQ does not come out until uh, typically it's the point five six patch which comes out a couple weeks after the 0.55 patch. But I guess they, you know, for whatever reason, I'm not really complaining. Um, it's coming out very soon. And it's basically just going to probably be a few quests, maybe a solo instance trial that concludes the main story. And then the rest of it is pretty much all Bozja. It's the last chunk of Bozja content. So there's going to be a new area. There's going to be a new 48-man uh, uh, instance content uh, raid to do. Some Final Fantasy XII-inspired uh, outfits, which... F me. Sorry. 
There's another chocobo. It's okay. Um, we got it. <laughs> damn, damn. I'm going to, I mean, I, I haven't really been doing much, much of Boja. I think I can just do Castrum now if I really wanted to, but I, I've been uh, focused more on just leveling jobs. I'm going to have to do it now because one of the outfits is Bosch. Yes. It's, it's Bosch's outfit and I need it, even though I don't, I, I don't know how it's going to look on my, you know, my cat girl. Uh, it would, it would look better if I was a cat boy, but um, I need it anyway, because Bosch. But also with 5.55 is going to be uh, the official launch of the PS5 client, um, which has been in beta um, ever since 5.5 launched, but now will be fully live. And it's, I mean, I think I... I I forget if I talked about this on the on, on the podcast before. It's a it's a nice client. I think you could get into some technical arguments about whether or not it's actually at the at the present better than just running the PS4 client on a PS5 because like you you still have to weigh uh, a sacrifice between whether you want the highest resolution setting or whether you want uh 60 or close to 60 FPS. Um, you, it, it's still, you can do true native 4k on the PS5 client, but you're going to be getting more like 30 to 40 FPS in places, which it's up to every individual, I think, as to whether or not that is a sacrifice they're willing to make. I'm coming from playing on PC for over a year and I'm used to way, lo- way over 60 FPS. So for me, I can't really stomach going back to like 30 FPS, but it's nice that it's native 4k now instead of the uh, upscaled 4K that the PS4 Pro version had, and it runs, while it doesn't run at 60 FPS, it is not nearly as choppy as the PS4 Pro resolution on uh, the previous console was. I honestly could not run the game in uh, upscaled 4K on PS4 Pro. Yeah, I heard that was a problem. Yeah, I didn't, because I've been playing on PS5 the whole time, so I played the PS4 client on the PS5 and then got into the beta. Yeah, I don't really notice much of a difference between playing on the PS4 client and going onto the PS5 client, which is not a bad thing, because it means like, you know, the PS5 on its own was enough to give it the boost, and now it's just the extra, like, little extra bits that I'm either missing or just not as observant about so yeah it's a good thing the load times are are kind of like the real draw right now i think yeah i can get into limsa without it taking four years to load it's great (laughs) and i mean it loads it loads pretty fast the ps4 client loads pretty fast certainly faster than it does on ps4 but it is faster with the ps5 client like it i load if i ever was going to be serious about trying to get a new uh house uh like when ishgard housing or whatnot comes out I would now have to do it on PS5 because my PS5 client loads a heck of a lot faster than my PC. To be fair, though, I am running off a hard drive. If you're running off of a NVMe SSD, I don't know. It, 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 you might still load faster on PC depending on your specs. But PS5 is really fast load. Caitlin, which would you suggest? Uh, playing on PC or playing on PS5 if you had a choice? Right now, I really... It's kind of weird. Like, I played... Um, up until the near the end of 6.0, uh, I was playing exclusively on console, and I was fine playing on console. But now that I've played on PC for you know almost two years, I really I, I I like having the PS5 client. It's great to have it there for like those times when I just don't want to sit at my desk in front of a in front of a you know my desktop. I want to just be able to relax on my couch. And it's absolutely going to be the, the you know the best overall performing uh, console version of the game. Um, if you don't have a PC or don't want to you know play on PC, 
but I'm still probably going to do most of my play on PC. Like I'm, I'm going to play Endwalker on PC. Uh, my PS5 client's going to be there for when I'm either really tired or if heavens forbid something happens to my PC and I can't play on PC. I think I would probably want to try playing it on my PC. I have a, I only have a GTX 1070, so it's not like it's going to be astoundingly good and it would probably look better on my PS5, but eh, we'll see. It'll still It'll work. still work. Lots of options. Yeah. If you if you want to play Final Fantasy fourteen, I don't know if you've heard, but apparently there are very, very few barriers to entry. Yes. <laughs> because haven't you heard? You can now play <laughs> all of Final Fantasy fourteen up to and including the uh, award-winning expansion Heavensward. I've heard that. <laughs> you have nothing stopping you. At any rate, uh, that, I guess, brings us to the end of another episode. But uh, I appreciate, uh, yeah, again, sharing all like the... The awesomeness that is Final Fantasy XIV, and as my hand hovers over the renew subscription button, do it here, right. Make time, Kaylin. Make time. Uh, I am um, going to uh, share with everyone though all the wonderful podcasts you can listen to at RPG Fan uh, when you're not playing Final Fantasy XIV, or while you're playing. You do you. Uh, we have Retro Encounter, which uh, Nikki has graced several times, uh, and then we have Rhythm Encounter, which will come back from its little hiatus shortly. And then Hat and Eric with all the latest on Phoenix Edge Podcast, if you want to catch them. Otherwise, you can email us, podcast at rpgfan.com, with comments, questions, complaints, or uh, the latest spam email that you want to send to me. And uh, I try to check on things on our uh, rpgfan.com page now that people can comment on the episodes. And uh, otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Friends, thank you for so much for being on the episode. Nikki, thank you for being here for the first time. It was a delight having you. Please come back. Yay. Uh, the rest of you. Video games. <laughs> the rest of you, please also come back and talk about video games. And uh, for myself, for Jono, Nikki, Caitlin, and Gwen, who left, and Alana, uh, bye now. Bye-bye. See you on the moon! <laughs>